Hello and welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast where we are exploring the world of piano and in this episode I'm going to be reviewing the Nicky Isles and Friends jazz books by ABRSM. So there are three of these books. There is sort of uh, a little bit confusingly there is book one which is grades four to six roughly. There's book two which is intermediate to advanced and these two books were released together as a set in uh, 2021. Uh, and then there was a, a third book released in, in 2022, which is easy to intermediate. That doesn't like, I don't think that's called book three or anything. So just to recap, there are three books. There's easy to intermediate, which was released after the other two. Uh, and that's sort of like grades very roughly one through to four. And then there's book one which is intermediate, it's grades four to six. And then there's the book two, which is intermediate to advanced, which is very roughly grade six to grade eight. Yeah, these books are fantastic on the whole, particularly the intermediate to advanced one. I'm, I was very particularly interested in these because I'm a classical musician. I do play jazz, but really my strength as a jazz musician is as a jazz arranger writing out pieces that have been arranged for classical pianists to sit down and be able to play, which is basically what these things are. So there's no improvising in them. They're, they're the kind of thing that a jazz pianist would be able to improvise and play, but it's all been written down and notated so that anybody can read it, uh, which is very up my street. And um, at this stage, I'm just going to put in a little bit of an anecdote about my, my personal music making, because I think it's going to be kind of quite relevant to some of my criticisms, particularly in the higher books here. So um, a few years ago, I won a composing competition uh, and won a, a nice expensive digital piano. And um, basically the brief for that was to take a, an existing piece of music and to rewrite it, to arrange it in a different style. So uh, what I had was I had, um, and I'd only just started arranging jazz at this time. Uh, I've done an awful lot more of it since then. And um, so anyway, at the time, uh, this was a, this digital piano was a digital piano I really wanted to own. And I happened to have just done my first jazz arrangement, which was of uh, a Chopin prelude done in jazz style. So you know, I sent it into this competition and I won it. It was great. So it was for a magazine. I won't say which magazine it was. And so basically the editor of the magazine told me that they wanted to do some tweaks, some small tweaks to it, but it was okay. I would get the, the right to veto anything that I didn't like. It was going to be absolutely no stress. Um, and so, you know, the weeks dragged on and I didn't hear anything. And then suddenly, a few days before publication, I got through, <laughs> I got through the, the, the sheet music for, for what they'd done as their edits. And I was like, what on earth is this? Because it was like it had been changed so much that it was like nothing to do with what I'd written. That like completely different, completely different cadences, completely different chords, whole, whole chunks were completely rewritten. I was like, what on earth is this? So really the, the thinking behind this was um, when I came up with the arrangement, I basically more or less improvised it and I wrote down what I'd improvised. Now that, that kind of makes it difficult 
for classical people to play. The more improvised something is when you write it down, the, the, it's, it's sort of difficult for people to sight read. So what they kind of wanted to do, they wanted to make it more simple so that the readers of the magazine would, wouldn't be kind of put off by um, things that were difficult to read. But this was just so ludicrously different. And I basically said, yeah, I'm not really that happy with that. And at that point, the editor actually said some very unkind, rude things, which um, I just kind of let go because it's like, okay, you're obviously stressed out about this. And I've said, look, give me give me half a day and I will rewrite this for you. Because like, uh, you know, when I studied music uh, at university, I actually majored in composition rather than piano. So I thought I, I can do this, you know, and, and she, she seemed very dubious about this. But half a day later, I submitted it and she was like, oh, wow, actually, yes, that's all fine. That Yeah, that that's absolutely fine. But anyway, the reason why I'm... I'm throwing in this this very long anecdote, which uh, might seem like it's got nothing to do with this uh, review for this particular book, is um, that it is an art form being able to arrange jazz in a way that uh, classical people can play, particularly beginners, but also everyone sort of from grade eight and down. It's actually quite difficult to play jazz and can be really difficult to play jazz that, that has been written down, that, that's sort of like a, a, a flow of consciousness uh, kind of jazz, you know, that, that's not been crafted. So to try and cut a very long story short here, Nicky Isles very consistently is exceptionally good at making jazz arrangements that are very accessible and very easy to play for intermediate to advanced players. And intermediate to advanced is, you know, more or less from grade five to grade eight. Nicky Isles is exceptionally good at this. Uh, I'm going to go on and say that um, in the um, easy to intermediate book, I don't think this is Nicky Isles' strength quite so much. Because, you know, like the, the whole point of my anecdote, basically, is to say, yeah, it's quite, it can be relatively easy to write jazz but very, very difficult to write jazz in a way that's very accessible and easy for relative beginners to play. It's, it's, um, it's a very tricky thing to do. Now, someone that I think is very good at the beginner end of things, so this is like grades one to four, someone who does jazz that's just exceptionally good for that kind of group of people is someone like Christopher Norton. And for anyone who watches my YouTube tutorials, uh, which again, the, the channel is called Heart of the Piano. Uh, I can be a bit unkind <laughs> uh, about, well, well, let's just say critical, uh, about Christopher Norton's um, arrangements for things like grade eight. I personally do not think that is his strength. His strength is, is the beginners. But Nicky Isles is exceptionally good at like the, the, the grade five to grade eight. Um, very, very good at like what, what feels like um, authentic proper jazz and Nicky Isles is a proper authentic jazz musician whereas um, from what I gather someone like Christopher Norton he is not really a jazz musician he's more just someone who who is exceptionally good at making arrangements for beginners but anyway I, I digress so uh, I'm going to talk about the individual books in a little bit more depth but the the higher up um, these pieces are in terms of uh, the, the grades. So, you know, the closer you get to grade eight, 
the better Nikki Isles is and also her group of friends uh, at this kind of jazz. And I think that ABRSM, traditionally, when they, um, when they commission jazz for the, for the grade books, for, the, for their syllabuses, for, for piano, I think they, they can tend to get what I personally call paycheck pedagogical jazz, <laughs> which means that to me, it feels like it's been written for an exam. It doesn't feel like the living, breathing tradition of, of contemporary jazz. Now, I think that, you know, these Nicky Isles pieces and, and Nicky Isles' friends is exceptionally useful and exceptionally good because this fills the gap that I think that ABRSM have traditionally been a little bit weak at, which is to have proper, authentic jazz. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they might enjoy playing, you know, some, some of the, the grade six, seven, eight Christopher Norton stuff. But for me personally, it just feels a little bit contrived, a little bit artificial, a little bit sort of um, overly uh, paint by numbers, cliched, bluesy jazz. Whereas these pieces, and especially what I really like about this idea of, of Nikki Isles curating pieces from her friends in the world of, of jazz piano, is that we're hearing proper contemporary um, jazz piano uh, from people who um, their, their job isn't to make pedagogical paycheck jazz, that they are in the living, breathing tradition of it. So, you know, I, I really like this idea about all of this. So um, let me have a look at, at some of the books in particular. And uh, book two is absolutely my favourite. Now, I did have a very quick look to see what other people had done in terms of reviews, literally just before recording this. And so um, bear in mind that this is very much down to taste. And uh, one of the other reviews that I looked at had completely the opposite opinion to me, that in their opinion, it was like the, the book one that was much more successful. Well, uh, and they did say, though, that they weren't really a jazz musician. Um, I wouldn't exactly say I was a jazz pianist, but I'm, I am very familiar in the world of, of jazz. I play jazz guitar. My mom was a jazz singer. I, I do immerse myself in the world of jazz. And for me, book two is very, very successful. Now, like I was saying, I do think it's, it's a brilliant idea for Nikki Isles to not only have her own com compositions and arrangements, but to have um, commissioned some pieces from her jazz friends. Because something that I think makes Nikki Isles very, very good for the sort of grade five to grade eight uh, things that pop up in exam books, but not only exam books, there's, there's quite a lot of other books that, that she's released that, that are just excellent for, you know, grade five to grade eight people. So I think that Nikki Isles is very, very good at pastiche. And for people who might not have come across that, that word, it's basically to write a piece in the style of somebody else. And, um, and Nikki is really, really good at this. So, you know, like there, there's so many styles to jazz. There's so many different um, periods in jazz and so many. So, so almost like in classical music, you know, you can have romantic, baroque. You've got, um, you know, the style of Beethoven, the style of Mozart, that kind of thing. So that, you know, it can be very similar in jazz. And, and Nikki Isles is just exceptionally good at being able to create a whole book where every single piece, oh, that sounds like this musician, that sounds like it comes from this era. But in a way, it sort of can become possibly a little bit of a weakness because um, it's like, well, what is Nikki's actually own voice? 
I think that can be something which I'm not sure I would know what her individual unique voice is because I don't really, uh, I haven't listened to many of her CDs, but certainly from her books, that she's just exceptionally good at every single piece, just nails a particular style. But um, with all these extra people, um, uh, you know, Nikki's friends uh, here, they generally have a much more unique voice and particularly in book two. And again, you know, the other reason why I was talking about the stress and the um, the issues that I was having with uh, <laughs> with with getting my piece edited for the magazine is that I think that I'm, I'm going to guess that when some of Nikki's friends might have made some of their arrangements, I'm going to guess that there may have been a heck of a lot of editing going, yeah, that's going to be too difficult. This needs to be within this kind of um, difficulty level. And that's that's something which which is pretty difficult to do. And I'm going to guess that that Nikki probably did quite a lot of editing on that for for reasons I'm going to come to later. But yes, anyway, it's really, really good to be able to buy um, books for grade four to grade eight that don't just give you um, pedagogical cliche stereotype jazz, but actually let you into the sound world of a unique composer. So for example, in book two, one of the alternative, uh, and and, uh, so at the moment I'm recording this at the end of, uh, uh, well, in September of 2022. So in the 2023-2024 grade eight ABRSM syllabus, there is an alternative list C piece by Zoe Rahman, which comes from book two. And um, it really sounds like a Zoe Rahman piece. Um, you know, like um, uh, I've, I've watched her play before. I've watched a performance of hers. And um, she has quite a, an individual style. And this grade eight piece, yeah, it sounds like her style. And I think that normally when you have jazz pieces in the grade books, it's quite kind of cliched and stereotypical of some particular style. So, um, yeah, you know, I love the, on the whole, I love the collection. Um, I would say that throughout all the books, the pieces tend to be very, very short. I think that makes them difficult to perform, especially for sort of intermediate to advanced uh, players. And in the, um, the easy to intermediate book, the pieces are so short. They're almost all one page long um, and they're one page with very big writing. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the, the notes take up quite a lot of space on the page. So they're over very, very quickly. Um, I think they're a little bit too short for my taste, but then maybe this might make them useful, particularly for teachers who have serious students, you know, serious classical students. And these are just sort of very brief, enjoyable diversions, <laughs> uh, sort of little... Um, uh, my, my teacher used to refer to um, accessible pieces as lollipops. <laughs> so maybe they're just sort of fun little lollipops for, for people um, in between their serious pieces. So some of the marketing for the books say that these books are a great source for alternative fourth choice pieces for the performance exams, for the ABRSM performance exams. So basically, if you're not doing the face-to-face um, practical exam, you have um, the option to do 
the performance online exam where you don't do oral tests, you don't do sight reading, all that kind of stuff, but you have a fourth piece, free choice piece. And so the marketing says, yes, these books are a great source for these, uh, for this alternative fourth choice piece. But then um, my question to ABRSM, it's like, well, how do you know what grades the pieces should be? Because all it says is like that book one is grades four to six. Um, intermediate to advanced is just beyond that and easy to intermediate is presumably up to grade four. So um, I would say it's not that useful uh, because you're, it's going to be sort of tricky to work out what grade exactly they are. Although to be fair, they do say that the books um, start with easy pieces. Uh, well, the easier pieces are at the beginning and then progress through to the more difficult ones. So it might be kind of, you, know, you could possibly work some of them out because some pieces from these books are actually uh, alternative pieces in some of the um, the new ABRSM syllabus. Um, so um, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there's a grade five and a grade six one. So you could kind of, you know, benchmark it against those. Um, so, yes, it, it, it would have been really good um, if actually... ABRSM could have said this one is this grade, this one is this grade, and then the, the books instantly have more value and become more useful. But um, yeah, let me um, go into a little bit more more depth about the individual books. I'll I'll finish with the um, easy to intermediate one last. So book one, which is grades four to six, you know I have some criticisms. There are some weaknesses of it, but on the whole it's difficult to dislike the book. And for me, it's a top recommendation. So, you know, who would I recommend this book for? I think I particularly recommend having these books for piano teachers. I think that that if you're a piano teacher, I, I guess especially if you teach ABRSM, but you don't need to teach ABRSM. You, you know, you can teach any board, any style. You're always going to have students who are going to be interested in playing jazz at some point or another. Um, and even if they, you have serious classical students. In my opinion, uh, even if they're not interested in jazz, it's really useful to at some point study jazz because it, it makes you sort out your rhythm. You've got to have strong rhythm to be able to play jazz. So, um, and, and in book one, on the whole, the quality is absolutely, absolutely excellent. What I've done is um, uh, at the end, you're going to be able to hear uh, I, I'm going to go through what I think are the highlights and also some of the pieces that I think are kind of disappointing <laughs> or weaknesses. And um, I'm going to play brief clips of each one so that you can possibly agree with me. But, you know, you can get an idea for yourself. And so in the, in the book one, um, I've got quite a few highlights. I've got three pieces here that I felt were a bit weaker than the others. Uh, and I'll go through all of those later. Um, but, you know, also, um, I do think that, you know, if you're, I think particularly if you're an amateur adult pianist, you, these books are really, really worth having. And um, I, I do go to quite a lot of meetup groups for adult amateur pianists. And Nikki Isles gets played a lot and it's always enjoyable. And, uh, and it's even better having all these other people that, that Nikki Isles has invited into these books. So yeah, it's it's strong. It's a strong book. And then book two, which is grades six to eight, roughly. In my opinion, there's one piece which is a little bit beyond grade eight. 
Now, this is just outstanding. The, the quality of the pieces is just absolutely superb. So I've written down here, it's a very strong collection, a, a total winner. Uh, I would absolutely buy this and, and recommend it. So to give you an idea, when I was sort of going through all the books and I wrote down what I felt were the highlights and then what I felt were the disappointments uh, or the weakest ones, book two has 13 pieces and 10 of them I've just put down as highlights. So that's 10 out of 13 I just thought were really exceptionally good. And there's only one that I put here which is slightly disappointing and, and really I'm quibbling. It, they're all strong. So, that you know, if you are looking for a book or, or if a book is useful in the grade 6 to grade 8 range, this is just go and get it. Just go buy it. It's just absolutely a must-have. And, you know, especially because um, some of these pieces are in the alternative um, list for the new ABRSM syllabus. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but in um, particularly book two and some of book one, there are a huge amount of misprints and in and to my taste, really bad editing. So, you know, I have some criticisms about this, but I'm going to talk a bit more about this in a minute. And then... Um, the books, all the books, come with recordings um, that Nikki Isles has, has recorded. The book one and book two come with CDs, and uh, I'll talk about that in a minute because I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> and then the easy to intermediate book comes with the option to download MP3s, which is great in theory, but I also had problems with that. But anyway, I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, something that bothered me a lot and particularly in the um, book two in the intermediate to advanced um, maybe because Nikki Isles is a jazz pianist and um, I think that you know one thing that is quite good about the way that these pieces have been written down I think they've tried to help you out with as much articulations that are going to help you to give it a jazz feeling as possible. So, you know, there's a lot of dynamics, articulations. There's a lot of notation to help classical players try and bring the jazz to life. And then you go and listen to the recording, and it's totally different. <laughs> the, the recordings are not at all faithful to what's written in the score. This deeply, deeply bothers me. So I've, put, I've written down, yes, this is jazz, but it's possible to play it in the jazzy way that's faithful to the score. I don't like the fact that, let, let's say, you know, if I'm a teacher, well, I am a teacher, and let, let's imagine the scenario that my students learn it by going away and listening to the recording and then getting the recording deeply in their ears and then sort of being influenced by that. They're going to play it in a totally different way than the way that it's been notated. That's going to make the job of teachers quite difficult. And then it makes your job as a student learning it harder um, because it's you're going, well, what is it? Is it what I'm listening to or is it what's written down here? And um, sometimes it's really difficult to know. Now, now, there are a lot of obvious, obvious misprints where there's just no question it is a misprint. Um, if you play it as written, it's just wrong. But there are also some places where when Nicky plays it on um, on the CD, it's like suddenly instead of a 
um, off the top of my head. And, and by the way, I will put all of these in the show notes. And so uh, the, 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 there's going to be show notes at heartofthepiano.com. Um, if, if you want to see these, uh, I will put all of these in the show notes. So, for example, there are things such as, but I, I can't remember if it's this exactly, there'll be a, a 2-4 bar uh, suddenly in the middle of a whole load of 4-4 bars. But um, Nicky will play a 3-4 bar instead of a 2-4 bar. <laughs> and then that's really difficult. It's like, was that a misprint or was that just she suddenly played it differently? It's just weird. It's odd. So... Um, but, you know, the things that bother me in particular are things like totally the wrong accents, um, totally the wrong note lengths, uh, dynamics not being followed or the wrong dynamics and just loads and loads of stuff like that that, that really bothers me. But anyway, so, so, you know, I think maybe really it needed a classical pianist, but a classical pianist who's comfortable with jazz to be able to record these in a way that's a bit more faithful to the recordings. That's like a massive criticism that, that I personally have. So the easy book, in my personal opinion, is the weakest out of all of these books. I think it feels like um, very pedagogical, stodgy, uninspired ABRSM. So, um, uh, you know, anybody who's listened to my latest review of the new ABRSM syllabus, sometimes, sometimes historically, in the lower grades, I think that ABRSM can be a little bit, a little bit uninspired and stodgy in the kinds of pieces that, that they do, um, as opposed to, let's say, at the moment, the, the uh, examination boards are trying to be a bit more um, competitive in that area, such as Rock School, such as Trinity. So, and, and I'll come to that and I will play clips from some of them and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't disagree, uh, maybe you won't agree, I, I don't know. So, something I find very interesting is that, um, yes, books one and two, the intermediate to advanced, they're clearly jazz. They're all jazz. It's just, we're in the world of jazz. Uh, it does what it says on the tin, as it were. Um, but in the easy book, so much of the book is just clearly not jazz. They sound sort of much more like just the kind of stuff that you would just find in a normal grade two, grade one ABRSM book, not in the in the jazz section. Um, and also there's there's a lot of emphasis on what a lot of people call world music. I know that's not always a, 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 a term that people approve of, but um, I don't know what else to call it. So um, so I.e. African Scottish, Caribbean, there's a Yiddish folk song. And um, and I would say that a lot of these, they just don't really feel jazzy. And it almost feels to me like, um, are they doing this for to hit a GCSE tick box? So GCSEs, for um, maybe not everyone in the world is going to know what these are. These are in the UK, the exams that, that people take um, around about the age of 16. And so from the age of 13 onwards... Uh, teachers, uh, uh, particularly with with the, the the sort of recent governments, that there are so many guidelines over um, all the, all of the things that you have to hit as tick boxes when when you're teaching um, children of, of a certain age. And I'm going to guess that being able to um, shoehorn in 
pieces with certain cultural relevances probably tick some educational boxes. That, you know, I don't know. I'm being a bit cynical on that. Um, I wouldn't mind if it just felt a little bit more jazzy, but it just almost feels like, um, oh, this is educational. We're being educated that this is this is um, what bagpipes sound like. This is this is Caribbean. It, it just feels a bit like clobbered over the head educational rather than, you know, genuinely fun, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But but anyway, I think that also in the easy book, like I was saying before, that there's a real skill. There's, that it's very challenging to write very accessible music at this sort of basic level. And I personally would prefer it if they were all Nikki Isles' compositions or arrangements rather than her friends. I think her friends really shine much better in the more advanced, uh, you know, intermediate to advanced. So um, anyway, to plough on, back to the um, the CDs and the MP3s and stuff. Yeah, not a fan of CDs because I haven't played a CD in years. I had to spend actually hours and hours trying to find where on earth I'd put uh, a USB CD drive that, to plug into my laptop. And then when I did find it, the CD didn't work. And, and uh, I thought, oh, my CD player doesn't work anymore. But it turned out to be like a, a, a day later, I thought maybe I should try with some other CDs and every single other CD worked. All my CDs worked but just not the CD that came with, with, these, um, with these books. So basically, the CDs come in a sealed plastic wallet that comes in the book. And I just assumed it was just going to be pristine clean and didn't need me to clean or do anything. So once I cleaned it, it then worked, which makes me think that these CDs are not clean when they get put in these sealed um, plastic things. So <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh, what a, what a faffle that was. Um, so then when I saw that the third book that was released, which is like the easy to intermediate, it's like, ah, this has downloadable MP3s. Fantastic. And then so um, uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, I thought, right, I'll, I'll go listen to these so I can prepare for this review. And then I went to the back of the book, I went to the website, and then I'm like, oh my God. So in order to download the MP3s, you need an account. You need to have an an account on the ABRSM website. It told me I already had an account with my email address. So, okay, fine. Um, I tried to get them to send me a a password, um, uh, like reset the password. that, That got sent to me, but it didn't work. And and I just basically tried everything and uh, it just didn't work. It was just um, th- there was something wrong with the account. So I'm like, oh, and I'm like, why do I even need an account to be able to download these things? You know, so in the end, I had to create another login, <laughs> another account to be able to download these things. And oh, God, it's just like, oh, my God, this is just so much hassle. Um, and then when I did get that, what you get is, um, so there are 22 pieces in this easy to intermediate book. And you can't just click one button and just download all of them. You either have to click on download 22 separate times, or you've got to click 22 times uh, on tick boxes to then be able to download all the tracks. This this, this is just like, oh my God, are they just doing this like... Um, you know, like, uh, what's it called? Like, you know, slow torture, slow slow torture by paper cuts, you know, whatever that is. It's just like, oh my God, it's just so much hassle. And, you know, what I would say is like, why why do ABRSM make these recordings that, that you can only get them um, with the book um, as CDs or, or only when you buy the book and you log on and all this stuff? 
in, in my opinion, just make these available for everyone. Put them on Spotify, put them on YouTube, make them so that everyone can get them because then people are far more likely to buy the books, surely, because they'll just go and listen to them and go, oh, that sounds great. Um, unless they think that um, the pieces don't sound good enough to make people want to buy the book. But that's crazy because, you know, on the whole, uh, I mean, particularly for books one and two, you know, like the intermediate above, just just make them available so that people listen to them and go, yeah, I want to buy that book. Ah, uh, you know, it's just so much hassle. But anyway, so misprints. There are so many misprints, so many misprints. It, it got to the stage where in book two, almost every single piece was like, how many misprints are in this piece? And how many misprints are in this piece? It was just ridiculous. Now, um, in my experience, ABRSM are not great about putting the misprints up on the web page. Uh, they call it errata. So, so like there's a web page of, of errata and uh, um, they say, you know, if they notice or they get told about misprints, they're supposed to go up on this web page. Now, just as an example, when um, I reviewed the, um, the new ABRSM syllabus, so basically the release date, the release date for the 2023-2024 syllabus was the 9th of June. Now, I saw on the 10th of May, because I was sent them early and I saw a misprint pretty quickly, because I'm, I'm pretty good at spotting misprints when I'm sight reading. So I saw a misprint and emailed ABRSM on the 10th of May. This is like a full month before the release date. And they were like, oh, thanks for sending us that. Yeah, we'll send it on, blah, blah, blah. So then the release date came, 9th of June. There was nothing on the website. On the 10th of June, quite a few people on, on Facebook said, hey, I've just seen a misprint, blah, blah, blah. Is this a misprint? Is this a misprint? 16th of June, more people on, on Facebook. And maybe I'll leave some, some links to this, but, but anyway. So... Um, 16th of June. So, so basically, just again, 10th of May, I let ABRSM know. 10th of June, uh, sorry, uh, 9th of June was the release date. Months later, a week later, people are still putting up on Facebook. This piece has misprints. Is this a misprint? And people uh, who have other editions go, this is definitely a misprint. And um, they are being told by ABRSM, yes, 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 we're, we're submitting it to the team. Well, it's now September and it is still not on the errata page. So this is not good. This, you know, ABRSM not good at all at putting the misprints up on the website where you can look and go, oh yeah, that was a misprint. So, you know, I this is a massive weakness of buying these books, but I'm going to do you guys a massive service by putting all the ones that I've spotted. And I'm, and like I've said, I'm pretty good at spotting all of them. So I'm, I'd, I'd like to think I've caught all of them or almost all of them. And I'm going to put them in my show notes. So then that's less of a barrier to you buying these books, because then you can, if, if you're not sure about anything, you can just look at my uh, my notes to see if, if I've marked it as, a, as something that's wrong, you know. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, my misprints will be in the show notes. But also, like I was saying before, there's some really bad editing. So I will, these are sort of things that are a little bit difficult to describe over a, a podcast episode. So I'm going to include some of the things that I, I don't really like in terms of editing. I'm going to put those in the show notes as well. 
So there's some odd choices of rhythmic notations that, that I would do differently. Uh, things like courtesy accidentals, I think, are really inconsistent and not well used. Bad enharmonic spellings. Uh, something that particularly bothered me is like the differences between accents and tenutos. Uh, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason to it, uh, especially when I listen to the recordings. But anyway, having said all that, I'm now going to come to the part of this review where I'm going to go specifically into the highlights and the lowlights, the, the disappointments and weaknesses. So what I'm going to do is sort of like some of the reviews that you might have heard me do for examination boards is uh, when I went and sight read all of these, I just took some short notes. So I'm just going to tell you uh, the pieces that I thought were my favourites, my least favourite, and just tell you the very short notes that I took on them. But also there's going to be very brief clips of each one. And let me know, let me know if you wildly disagree with me or if you agree with me. So um, the highlights from the Easy to Intermediate book. I liked Mission to Be Where I Am, which is arranged by Nikki Isles by Jan uh, Garberek. And uh, sorry if I mispronounce things. So I've written down here, this is excellent, soulful, very achievable, skillful writing at an easy level. And I liked Kites, written by Nicky Isles, and I've written quirky, unusual harmonies, a little bit like Eric Satie. There's some tricky rhythms, but the notes are very achievable. She really gets a lot of emotional depth from just a few notes. It's an excellent pedagogical piece. I really liked Sunny Side Up by Nikki Isles. I've written excellent, fun, some more juicy harmonies. Now this piece was two pages long and I've written here, this really should be the minimum length for, for a piece of music in this book, in my opinion. And I've written, if only the whole book was more like this piece. Little Jazz, uh, arranged by Nikki Isles. I've written excellent, some nice quirky harmonic moments, very skillfully arranged. And another Nikki Isles arrangement of the Charleston. And um, I didn't know this was called the Charleston, but once you hear it, it's like, oh, it's that thing. It's super famous. And interesting because uh, I did a tutorial for the James P. Johnson uh, piece that's in the grade eight book. And um, and how interesting that James P. Johnson actually wrote this Charleston. So, so yeah, um, what have I written for here? The, the most famous Charleston, lots of fun, easy notes, 
very achievable. People will enjoy this. Um, so yes, it's like imagine flappers. And then I really enjoyed Winter Walk by Mike Gorman. Uh, I've written beautiful, especially the second half, which is a little bit more jazz. Need more like this, not just jazz cliches, but something with more personal identity. And it's somewhere in between classical and jazz. And I think obviously this is, you know, more difficult when you get to the easier level. But I felt like finally there was a piece here that sort of expressed something more personal to a particular composer rather than just a bunch of cliches. Okay, so then onto the pieces that I thought were kind of disappointing or a bit weak. And to be honest, I thought a lot of the pieces here were quite weak. So, so I've got four here which I thought were the weakest. Uh, so one by one, the Sneaky Squirrel by Mike Gorman. And I've written here, it's a typical ABRSM boring pedagogical piece. It's hardly jazzy. And then another one is called Last Bus Home by Karen Sharp. Another typical ABRSM pedagogical piece. I don't see the jazz here. <laughs> There's one here called Rosie Mosey by Pete Latanka. Uh, I've written, it's a bit beginnery. It's typical pedagogical ABRSM. The rhythm's not massively inspired. Okay, and so on to book one. So this is like the uh, grade four to grade six level. Much stronger book. Uh, here are my highlights. The first highlight, Julian Joseph, Cool Shoes. Julian Joseph uh, was, certainly was a big name in the world of jazz. I'm, I'm not certainly, I, I haven't heard anything from him in a while, but there was a time a, a few years back when he was really a shining star. Um, so this piece, Cool Shoes, I've written, wow, so much jazz sophistication in such few notes. Excellent arranging. And then there's Blues at Sunrise by Kate Williams. I've written very cool, lots of fun, very achievable. I have said it's a little bit too short, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it.
I liked West Hollywood Avenue by Andrea Vichari. I think you pronounce it Vichari. I've written very enjoyable and fun, very achievable. And I really liked, my highlight of all of them is Better by Nikki Isles. I've written Wow Stunning. Um, it's like a mixture of Chopin and South American folk song, full of deep pathos. I uh, can definitely hear a strong Argentinian influence in it. And that was before I read all the notes in the back. And by the way, yeah, there are notes for every piece in the back, which, which can be quite useful. So the weaknesses for book one. And, you know, here I'm being a little bit more fussy because I still think that I, I don't think they're awful. That the, You know, the, the disappointments in book one, they're not awful. They're just slightly, have slight things with them, but maybe I'm being a bit harsh, you know. So there's, um, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free, arranged by Pete Churchill. Now, Anyone of a certain age will know this as the theme music from Barry Norman's film, whatever the year happened to be. Da, 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 ba, 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 ba. Uh, yeah, if you ever watch those things, you'll know instantly what I'm talking about. And there's a very, very particular arrangement that, that was the arrangement that, that was used on that, that we all know and want to play it like that. Now, what I've written here is, in, in my opinion, it's a clumsy arrangement of the, of the, yeah, of the version many of us know from Barry Norman, blah, blah, blah. There's, a, there's some clunky moments with some odd voicings. Now, the thing is here that I would just prefer to leave that for a more advanced student to play it like to play the actual transcription of, of what was played. Because what happens in this particular arrangement is it you can tell it's trying to be almost the same as that version, but but simplified which makes it kind of really dissatisfying. But that might just be me, you know, maybe some people might enjoy the simplified version of it. I, I just think it, I personally think it could have been simplified in a little bit more of a satisfying way, but yeah, anyway. So Stormy Weather, uh, arranged Nicky Isles. This is actually one of the alternative grade five pieces in the ABRSM syllabus. What, what I've written here is I'm not a fan of these overly simplified standards that are alternative exam pieces. There, there is another one. There, there's, oh yeah, the, the, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free is the alternative grade six one in, in the new syllabus. So so both I, I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel To Be Free and Stormy Weather, these are official ABRSM alternative pieces for, for the syllabus. So 
I've written that there are clunky moments in both of these. I personally believe that some small changes could have worked much better and still have been like grade five, grade six level. And I think that stormy weather is very easy for grade five, personally. But yeah, I, I, it's not my taste. It's not my taste. I think I would either have preferred a, an original of, of Nicky Isles's, or it's just not my taste the way that it's been done at that level. But I'll let you listen. And here's another one, which again is an alternative piece in the new ABRSM syllabus. This time it's grade four and it's Ain't Misbehaving, arranged by Nikki Isles. And I've written here that this is absolutely my least favourite so far. It feels very paycheck. <laughs> feels like um, anybody with, with a handle on jazz could have arranged it in this way. And I say that as someone with a lot of respect and admiration for the way that Nikki Isles arranges. So it's it's not a criticism of her. I, I think it's kind of below her. I think that usually she does far more skillfully than this. I think that it could still have been grade four standard, but have had a little bit more sophistication in the way that it was arranged. But then, you know, this is just my own opinion. Have a listen, see what you think. And then there's book two, which is absolutely outstanding. And so um, I'm going to try and briefly go through my 10 highlights of these 13 um, things in this book. So yeah, to start with, uh, we have Julian Joseph again, uh, Tilt That Woolly Hat. And I've written beautiful, some lovely unexpected harmonic moments, very well structured, would be a great plus one piece for, for exams. There's, there's a lot of nuance. Uh, I like the structural use of the melodic motif. There are classical levels of refinement in this piece. I loved Abide With Me by Pete Churchill. Uh, I've written very tasty, slow gospel blues. Very enjoyable and fun, very lyrical and emotive.
There's Shenandoah by Nikki Isles, and I've written this is exceptionally beautiful and skilled arrangement. Very simple, but with huge harmonic and emotional depth. I think this was absolutely one of my favourites. This is a real highlight for me. I liked Ufield. Um, this is John Taylor arranged by Nikki Isles. Uh, I've written beautiful, unusual harmonies. Great piece, great choice. There's Time Will Tell by Kate Williams. I've written gorgeous harmonies, unusual, very sophisticated. Lower East Side by Nikki Isles. I've written lovely, sophisticated jazz with complex harmonies. Uh, and I've also written It Fits Under the Hand Beautifully. Kicking Off by Jason Rebello. Uh, I've written beautiful composition, sophisticated and well-crafted. This is absolutely one of the highlights in the book for me. It's a little bit more epic than the others.
Nightingale sang in Berkeley Square, arranged Nikki Isles. I've written some stunningly beautiful moments. And uh, yeah, I don't normally do hyperbole, but stunningly beautiful moments. I've obviously liked it. <laughs> uh, gorgeous jazz harmonies and voicings. Very lush. Uh, fits under the hands so well. I really like Go With The Flow, as I mentioned before, by Zoe Rahman. It's the alternative grade eight piece. I've written excellent. It's a very sophisticated masculine energy, very urban, full of nuance. It's tricky to hold together. Uh, it's challenging to interpret, but, but it's an interesting choice for grade eight. Um, and actually, it's my favourite, I think, of all of the, the jazzy things uh, at grade eight level and have been uh, looking back at you know previous years. I, th I think easily this is one of my favourite jazz pieces at grade eight level. And then there's On a Mission by uh, Simcock. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce the first name. I've written, wow, incredible showstopper, but it's incredibly ambitious and challenging. So it sounds very Chick Corea to me. I've written down here, this is definitely beyond grade eight. Be really good performance piece for someone who's just uh, starting to um, uh, stretch their wings uh, just beyond grade eight. And then I guess maybe just because I felt I needed to write something in, in disappointments or weaknesses. And, you know, I'm looking at it and it actually, I actually think I quite liked it. Um, so this one is Fly Me to the Moon, arranged by Nikki Isles. 
Basically what I've said is, yeah, there are some very tasty turnarounds and some nice voicings, but there are also just some odd voicings. They're odd clunky voicings, which are a little bit bare in places. But that's, that's as critical as, as I am in, in this entire book. And so, you know, bearing in mind just how positive I am about so many of the pieces in this, that's really like, oh, well, was that it? Was that all I'm, I'm criticising? Yeah, this book is so, so strong. Obviously, if you ignore all of the misprints and all the editing issues, but, um, you know, like I've said, I'm putting all that in the show notes, so so that shouldn't bother you. So, yeah, basically, um, again, I wasn't expecting this review to take quite so long, so if you've managed to listen all the way through to the end, uh, well done with that epic review of these three books. So uh, if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, uh, as always, please do take the time to review and like and subscribe and all the things that that help us to um, be seen by other people and uh, climb up the rankings and all that kind of stuff so that other pianists can um, uh, appreciate it. I do have a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is uh, Heart of the Piano and I will soon be putting up the performance and the tutorial on the Zoe Raman piece and quite possibly some of the other ones. Uh, so it's always worth tuning into that to, to see what, uh, what I've been recording, particularly uh, that's ABRSM related. I do also do teaching online for people who are interested. But yeah, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you at the next podcast episode. So thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>